Episode 68 of the Thunder Underground Podcast is here. My name is Trent, and I'm joined by Jason. What's going on? Same old thing. Ready to bring you another episode full of greatness, I think. Yeah, I think uh, I think there will be stuff that can be classified as greatness here. Yeah, yeah, that includes Amanda Meredith, the Attic Chick. Yes. We've got some great songs coming up. We're going to talk about a couple other things as well. <clears throat> yes, let's do it. So, just get right into it. American Head Charge. Yeah. They were just in Oklahoma City a few days ago when we intended to make it, but stuff came up and we weren't able to. Um, but this new album they've got, Tango Umbrella, yeah, is really really good. Like it's, they're one of those bands that you know slid under a lot of people's radar even back when they first came out. I think, yeah, you know they had a little bit of success, but you know they came out during that period where all that kind of afternoon metal with the Slipknots and Mudvayne, and, yes, you know, led to less success dust for life or stereo mud that yeah. kind of whole vein of metal yeah but they were a little different you know they had more more to them because they had the like the industrial elements electronic elements and even some experimental stuff going on with guitar work and everything you know yeah and you know they were they were always a little darker than than some of the others and that's kind of what piqued my interest and you know <clears throat> i think they were touring their slayer uh, i think they got an opening so i'm pretty sure yeah, so that's what that. that's what like you know got me you know their album was on American recordings and that's what kind of you know got me into them and stuff. Uh, so it's glad to have a new uh, new disc from them. Yeah, it's. I mean, I don't know. I should have looked into this. What I kind of wondered was they only put out this is only their third full length album. Yeah, and that first one came out fifteen years ago yeah. now, and they've had one another one in two thousand five, and then this one yeah i think there was an ep in there as well but like you know maybe they're you know doing other stuff but it's a six-piece band and the core the the core of the band has been together the whole time at least four of them and the vocals are one of the things i love about them is the vocals are way more broad than a lot of those bands are yeah when you compare it like we said slipknot or mudvane or something you know what you're gonna hear when you push play on one of those bands oh yeah but with american head charge you know he does a lot of different stuff and this new one even more so. There's stuff that's reminiscent of Mike Patton, and if you can, yeah, that's if you can I get compared to him, yeah, you're in, you're heading the right direction. Yeah, you definitely are. You're not doing anything <laughs> wrong, right? And uh, <clears throat> this new record, you know, it was kind of like they 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 shed all that, and then just they had kind of a unique thing going. They did, you know, they did some different stuff. You know, they did some some uh, stuff that was you know open and airy, and then they just did some mean stuff. So it's just kind of they're doing their own thing and making their own way. So that was really cool. And it's, I, you know, maybe that's what comes from, you know, taking your time with records and all that kind of stuff, you know. True. You, I'm like, I'm thinking <laughs> if a band that has electronic elements or industrial elements can pique your interest. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely. another thing. They're doing something right because I know you usually don't get in that stuff like I do. Uh, yeah, I, that usually isn't my thing, but every now and then, you know. Uh, something will catch my ear. So yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So what we're saying here is go check out <laughs> Tango Umbrella. Definitely. And that first disc, The War of Art, still great. Yeah, great to listen to. It holds up. You know, doesn't sound dated in the least. No. Because like we said, with that, when you're doing that kind of broad stuff, you know, that keeps you relevant. I think yeah. forever, probably. Exactly. You know, American Head Charge. Get into it. Yeah. We're going to play a song from a band called Crane Technique now, 
Nice. I think this is a good segue because they kind of fit into that vein of those, that kind of music we were just talking about. Yeah. With the American Head Charge or the Mud Vans or the, you know, that turn of the century style metal. Yeah. But in the same way as I just said about American Head Charge, it doesn't sound dated at all. It sounds completely current and heavy as hell. Yeah. And uh, that's a great fucking name, Crane Technique. I was going to ask you about I'm like, what do you think of this name? <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> As a child of the 80s, what do you think of this name? <laughs> I approve. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, this track we're going to play right now, we'll come back and talk here in a minute. But this is called Intimacy. <laughs>
Intimacy from Crane Technique out of Joplin, Missouri. They've got that song and at least three other tracks I've seen up on their Reverb Nation. Yeah. You can they've actually got it set where you can download these songs for free. You don't even have to pay for it. That's great. You know, and hey, that's a good way to get your name out there when you're an upcoming band. It definitely is. Definitely is. They're also on YouTube with full on I mean, I think there's some lyric or picture videos. They're not actual videos, but you can check them out on YouTube as well. Yeah, that's that's where I that's where I listen to them from. Yeah. And like we said a minute ago, just heavy as hell. When that when that kicks in, that bass and drums, right when that riff kicks in, you know, it's just that first in- instance of that yeah. riff. <laughs> that bass is just like boom. Yeah, and no it, kidding. But it's not overdone, and it's just it fits where this thing is going perfectly. Yeah. And that riff is just constant throughout, and it's one of the riffs where you walk away later with the riff in your head instead of sometimes the chorus. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, you know, it's rhythmic, it's uh, heavy as hell, and, uh, you know, there's a hook. So, I mean, uh, you know, I, I'm looking for great things from these guys. And uh, they're playing in the Tulsa area pretty soon. Yeah, I saw their word has it that they're playing in yeah. July here so, in town. So, once we find out full details, we'll probably right. let you know in the next episode or two. Yeah, be on the lookout. Yeah, and those those vocals as well, just, that's the style of vocals I love, you know, it's... I'm going to compare it to someone I know you're not a huge fan of Mushroom Head, but he's kind of got that vein going on. And yeah. I even hear a little Max Cavalera at times, you know, just hints of it. Yeah. Where it doesn't, he doesn't I, get as intense as Max, but you know what I'm I saying. I heard a little bit of Anselmo in there. Yeah. There yeah. you go. But the, yeah, the, the other thing is this just sounds extremely well recorded too. And anytime you hear something from a new band, an independent band, and it sounds this great, it's like to me, it sounds, I mean, you could flip on liquid metal and hear this. And it sounds like it should be there. It's not like, yeah. I mean, they're playing shit like a mirror and they could be playing crane technique. You know? <laughs> I know. What the fuck is up with that? <laughs> but another thing is get on Facebook and click like on these guys so you find out what they're doing. I know they're playing Joplin in the next week or so. Like we said, Tulsa here pretty soon. They played Rocklahoma at the GA Rock stage. We, you know, we weren't lucky enough to get over there and see them. But I know that was put on by Chris Sullen Taylor, who also runs dmg productions and he represents these guys nice so get on facebook and click dmg productions and like that as well that's right and you also that that page and crank technique will keep you up to date and of course like we said reverb nation you can download that song and a few other ones for free nice well volbeat let's get into it okay seal the deal and let's boogie is a perfect name for a Volbeat album, first yeah. off. Let's yeah, Boogie, it is. You know, it, it is. And I got to say, the last album, Outlaw Gentlemen and Shady Ladies or whatever, yeah. uh, I liked it. I've liked everything Volbeat ever did, but it, it, wasn't, it didn't resonate with me like the first four albums did. Like the first four albums were just like, from start to finish, masterpieces of fucking rock and roll. That's right. And, you know, Outlaw... I can't even remember how to say the damn title, but that that fifth album was good. Don't get me wrong, 
but it, like I said, it just didn't hit me. But they're back, and this new album hits me the way those first four did. Yeah. From start to finish. I mean, I have to agree. I mean, that that last album, I was, I mean, it was great, but it was like, oh, well, okay. I mean, I don't know. It just, it was good. It just didn't, you know, just like you said. But this one is just, it was back with, you know, everything that you, I don't know. It was just everything was like them times 10. Uh, so it was just great. And I always like how their albums are something, something, and something. Right. <laughs> Every damn one of them. Yeah. You know, you're doing something and then you're going to do something else. Yeah. And it's stuff that <laughs> normal people like us would not think to put together. I know. But when you have the genius brain of Michael Poulsen, of it, course, all, yeah. it all comes together. Exactly. You know, Cadillac Bloods <clears throat> and Get, Get Star Gangsters and yep, all that stuff just yep. mixed together, you know. But Yep. Rock <laughs> the Devil Metal, the Rebel or some shit. <laughs> Fucking, I mean, where does he come up with this shit? It's yeah. awesome. Yeah, <clears throat> Guitar Gangsters and Cadillac Blood. I said that backwards. That's right. That's okay. That's okay. But yeah, just like this, every damn track on this thing, and it's like in true Volbeat fashion, I think a lot of their albums just get stronger as they go. Like yeah. it's back heavy with great songs. But yeah. there's, I mean, the front one, you know, the great, there's great songs at the beginning too, don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying it just seems like it just, or maybe that's just because every song's good. It just feels like it keeps getting better. Yeah. Yeah, I like uh, Goodbye Forever with all the vocals at the end, the backgrounds, yeah. uh, the bliss, because it had kind of that, you know, banjo-y kind of weird interlude. I mean, yeah. they, they're they doing different shit, but they're staying, they're not straying too far from the path. And, uh, you know, Black Rose with Danko Jones. Oh, I mean, yeah. how badass is that? Because Danko Jones doesn't get enough fucking recognition in this country anyways. Hell no. I mean, that guy should be selling a million albums a day uh, if, you know, if I had it my fucking way. Right. And, and so it's good that um, Volbeat, you know, picks up on that and wants to, you know, do something with him because uh, as you as you hear in that song, it's just, I mean, it's just balls out rock and roll. And then, you know, there's the song that you fucking love. Yeah. You know, battleship chains. Yeah, I mean, it's just that's just like a perfect rock and roll song. Yeah, you know? it is. It's just it really like, is. You can't, you know, <clears throat> walk away from that chorus without singing it for three days straight. You know, it's got everything that Volbeat has kind of melded as their sound yeah. with that '60s era kind of golden oldies Elvis thing, and then with the, you know, the sensibility of country music with Cash, and yeah. then the the good. Tone, you know, twang of social distortion, and then just the heavy rock and roll. It, you, you've got to think when that chorus came to him, he must have thought, "Oh, fuck yes, yeah. <laughs> I've got it. This is this is on the album." Yes, because that's just—I mean, when you hear that song, you know it. Yeah, I mean, that's all I can say. But they've like the songs you mentioned, and the Marie Laveau and "Let It Burn" are also yeah, they're just perfected the <clears throat> whole kind of mid-tempo. It's not really a ballad, but just that kind of mid-tempo rock song as well. Yeah. And yep. and then they can turn around like a couple albums go and do a song with, what's his name from uh, Cannibal Corpse. Oh, yeah, I know. No kidding. <laughs> and it sounds fucking amazing. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's, Barney from Napalm yeah. Death. Oh, no. Yeah, Napalm Death. Yeah. Sorry. I know. Yeah. And it, it all makes sense. And uh, that's uh, their own uh, Marie Laveau, not Bobby Bear's Marie Laveau, by the way. <laughs> just had to get that in. Yeah. Well, hold it. I didn't check. Is there a cover on this album? Because usually they have one cover. I don't know. But that wasn't the same one, though. Right. I guarantee it wasn't. Yeah. I know that you would know that. 
And it's probably named that because he's probably a Bobby Bear. Yeah, fan. exactly. Well, I mean, even if I didn't like Bobby Bear, it was uh, ingrained in my brain at a young age because my dad loved him. So I definitely know right. those are two different songs. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Battleship Chains and Goodbye Forever. I think I told you those would be. Oh yeah. Those are the kind of songs I can expect 20, 30 years from now to hear and think. You know, this is great rock and roll. You're going to be on your, like yeah. you said, what you're going to be like 69 on your porch and your wheel or your fucking rocking chair. Yeah. You know? Yeah. With your fucking peach knee high crush or whatever the fuck <laughs> rocking out. Oh, yeah. And also, I need to say that I sent you the link on YouTube. There's a whole pro shot, uh, hour and like 45 minute concert they did in, at Rock and Ring, I think which right. is in Germany, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And uh, it's just from a few days ago, this past weekend, I think. And it's pro shot. It's all, it all sounds great, professionally done. Uh, they, they do a lot of new stuff. So, I mean, it's just, it's... A lot go, of stuff from this album? Yeah, and a lot of fire and, you know, big stage. Definitely go check that out. It's a, a great watch for sure. And Rock and Ring's the one that got shut down this weekend. Really? I did it, not know that. You didn't hear about that lightning strike? Uh-uh. Yeah, there was a lightning strike, and it, last I saw two or three days ago, I didn't kill anybody, but there was several people critically injured and, like, 80 people that were hurt. Really? And then the last, I don't know if it was the night before or the last day, but they canceled the whole last day. Wow. I don't know who got canceled, but Bullbeat apparently didn't. No, they didn't. <laughs> it was on there, and it was awesome. Yeah, and there, we just found, they just announced this tour oh, yesterday yeah, that's right. with Kill Switch and Gage yeah. opening up, which just... I mean, you know, what when the you, fuck, you first hear it, you're like, what the fuck? But it totally fits because, yeah. like we said, Volbeat can go on the road with, you know, someone, some mid-range rock act, clear to like someone heavy as hell. And yeah, it, exactly. And it, it somehow works, you yeah, know. Yeah, and it's going to work. That'll be a great night. Yeah, definitely looking forward to that because I think I've seen Volbeat several times now, but I've never seen a headline set from him because I missed that show with, with Danko Jones. Danko Jones in Oklahoma City. But yeah, all the other times yeah. I've seen him have been festivals well, did, or opening for someone. Didn't you see that that one big thing at uh, the convention center? Oh, with that's like right. Airborne and Oh, that's right. They were that. headlining that, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. But still, I don't think it was like, you know, a lot of times you see an hour and a half or two hours. Yeah. And that they had like four opening bands, so it was yeah. more like a... Probably like an hour, something like that. Or yeah. Something, you know, but. yeah, well, yeah, I mean, and just to see him at the Brady, I mean, you know, in Tulsa, that's going to be great. Yeah, it's going to sound the way it should sound. Yes, it will. <laughs> and I bet they'll have the whole goddamn place open. I bet they won't. I bet they won't have the balcony curtained off or anything. Oh, right. You know. Yeah. Hope so. Yeah. So random note, Kimbo Slice. I know, man. That sucks. It's just, kind of out of blue you know yeah. and it's like well it is when anyone dies but especially if they're early 40s yeah and yeah. it's like you know he's one of those dudes that i think yeah you told me that you you know you always dug him when you watched mma yeah and i i've never really got into mma but i always you know had a friend who used to work with me eric who you know turned me on to him way before all that with yeah. all the street fighting stuff he kept telling me you gotta watch this fight we gotta watch this fight dude, watch this same fight, thing happen to me dude. fight compilation you know yeah. it's just like damn this dude's insane yeah he's yeah. nuts i mean i remember uh buddies at work like you gotta see this guy he's a street fighter i'm like this guy's a fucking monster yeah i mean and we just knew we knew that you know he would end up being an mma and he was and uh i always just liked his uh i liked the fact that, you know, he had a couple fights under his belt, and Dana White wouldn't let him in, said, you're going to have to go on the damn reality show, 
and do it like everybody else because he didn't really think he was legit. Yeah. And, you know, it, he could have he could have said, fuck you, but he was like, okay, I'll do it. Yeah. And he was probably like the most humble and like nicest and sane person on that fucking show. <laughs> and, I mean, I just, so I always liked that guy. And, you know, I know that a lot of people into metal and rock are into MMA, so I think we can talk about this. And, uh, you know, so it's just a sad deal way too young and we don't know what happened yet but uh yeah that's uh i think he i think he would have gotten bigger and bigger as he went on yeah i always thought it was cool how you know he's one of those guys that truly went from nothing to yeah exactly to a big time living living yeah. nice you know i mean he came from the streets and now he's making at least six figures a year probably yeah. probably more and you yep. know i heard him i don't know if you ever listened to that podcast when he was on jamie joss's podcast yeah and you know he seemed like he was doing well had a family and kids wife and kids and yep um and uh, and that was funny interview too because it was one of the more awkward ones yeah you know joss is good at handling that stuff but (laughs) because he's a big mma fan but kimbo knew nothing didn't know who hate breed was from anything didn't know anything about metal but he you know he was a good it was a good sport. Good sport about it, you know. Yeah, and there's one, and there's also something you could take from that episode was that if you didn't figure it out before, he was a bad motherfucker, and you better <laughs> not fuck with him. Right. So, you know, rest in peace. And what was that? Josta said he wanted to shoot a video for a hate breed song with him as like the mosh pit uh, instigator or something, yeah, where something he was like just that. like walking through the mosh pit, like patrolling it or something. I don't know. <laughs> mosh police. That's what it was. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> On a happier note, Reliance Code has new music. That's right. And we played a track from these guys several months ago, and when they had one track out, well, now they've got four tracks out, and they've got an EP that you can hit them up on Facebook and buy the physical CD from them. They'll send it to you, or you can go straight to Amazon or uh, Reverb Nation and all that and just click buy. Yeah. Buy these. I think it's it's five bucks for for four track CD. Can't go wrong. Yeah. Good deal. Yeah. Well, let's play this one of these new songs right now. It's called Fight for Life. Yeah. 
Fight for Life Reliance Code out of Stigler, Oklahoma. That's right. What'd you think? Oh, man, this is great. Yeah. It's just like that kicks off straight off with that, you know, guitar, which is, you know, not typical how a song opens, and it really sets the tone for a great song, you know. Yeah. I think we talked about this last time we played them, but they've, you know, they've got that heavy rock, radio-friendly kind of heavy rock sound, but it's a little, you know, it's a little more than that. It's yeah. kind of like, you know, we talked about Seasons After, yeah. you know, back when yeah. we did that interview that sadly got lost. Lost, yes. <laughs> and... That's kind of a, the same thing, you know. It fits that mold of your octane style rock music, yeah. But it's it's got more to it, you know. There's more emotion, there's more depth mm-hmm. than just you know the generic stuff you hear on the radio or something. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think uh, you know this time around it's a little bit more involved, uh, a little bit more, uh, <clears throat> you know, just a little bit more amped up. I think that. Uh, you know, I could see these guys sharing the stage with Deftones or Kill Switch Engage or something. Tremonti's I mean, and Alter Bridges. Oh yeah, I mean they're really uh, they're they're maturing just from what we've heard, you know, a few months ago to now. Uh, so I mean they're on the right track and they're doing the right things. Uh, so uh, you know, kudos to these guys, and this is a great song. Yeah, and just like we said about Crane Technique, well, very well produced. Oh yeah, great yeah. sounding music, it, crystal clear. Yeah, it's, it doesn't sound like, you know, you remember back when we were kids, you know, when you hear, you would hear an, a local band or an independent yeah. band, and you're like, well, you could tell that's not it was recorded in a bathroom <laughs> right? or something. Yeah, you know, with today's technology, you know, these guys are able to hone in and make this sound like it should sound. That's and right. This is, you know, I mean, this is ready as it is to hit the freaking airwaves and hit the oh, big time. Yeah, definitely. You know, great vocals and great guitar work, and there's even some double bass in there. You don't hear that a lot in this style of hard That's rock, right. you know. And it's just it's yeah. great stuff. Yeah, we got a champion these guys, so uh, you know, support them. Yeah, and it's just cool when you hear stuff out of a small town in Oklahoma. That's you know? right. <laughs> well, like we said, Reliance Code. They're on Reverb Nation. They're on Facebook. Follow them. Like them. And then, of course, buy their music. Of course. <laughs> the most important. Yeah. Well, speaking of following and liking, get on Facebook and type in Attic Chick. Yes. Like that page. And then, of course, get on AtticChick.com. Look at all this stuff. You can buy a book. You can buy T-shirts. You can buy autograph stuff. I think I actually saw you can buy your book on Amazon like you can any book. Yeah. But if you go straight to your website... It's like $1 more with shipping or something, and you get it autographed. Yeah, which is, so, that's the best way to go, really. Yeah, you yeah. can't beat that, and I'm sure she probably gets a better cut than yes. Amazon anyway. Yeah, so definitely hit up her website. Yeah, well, let's talk about this before we get into it. Yes, let's do that. Uh, the Attic Chick, uh, Amanda Meredith. Um, I think this was a, you know, the, what I liked is, you know, this isn't, this was, at, uh, you know, different from the kind of interviews we usually do. Usually somebody in a band or something, you know. Right. So this was definitely different. Uh, she had a great story. Uh, she tell she tells her story very well. Uh, beautiful and beautifully positive. I mean, I think that that's one thing I noticed was, you know, she just lit up the room. Uh, so I, I think, uh, and you really got to listen to what she's saying. I mean, especially if you're anyone's out there struggling. I mean, this is uh, this is someone to look up to for sure. Yeah, anyone that can go through 
something as intense and horrible as she went through and be here now, yeah. like you said, positive about it and yeah. doing something, not just being positive about it, but doing something positive with her life. Yeah, to help out. And, yeah, getting the word yeah, out to all kinds of people. You know? To be so bright and happy. I mean, that's really, yeah. that's a great thing. Well, and even like you're talking, I mean, it, it had an effect on you and you don't even have an issue with drugs or anything. No. So it still had an effect on you just from a different aspect, which yeah, is exactly. the positivity, you know? Yeah. Which is great. Hey, good good vibes are good vibes. Right. You know? yeah. yeah. And she's, if you read this book or even at points in this interview, you can tell she's not shy. She's completely, the word you like to use and Eddie Trunk likes to use, transparent. That's right. You know, <laughs> she'll, she lets you know her story. And if you read that book and you're, you know, a prude or something, you're not going to make it through it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's a good, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, you know, two of those things are great. And one of them if it's not the natural thing, can be a little shitty. <laughs> and she talks about that, and of course she talks about the sex and the rock and roll. That's right. Well, should we just get into this and let people hear what we're talking about? Yeah, start it up. You know, by that third day, you're kind of... Yeah, this is my first know. festival, so yeah. Oh, really? It's been crazy. That was actually one of my questions, if you had ever went out and promoted your stuff at other festivals. Well, yeah, not in a festival, but I've been on tour with Saving Able for the last two months. Oh, really? Yeah, so I've been at all their shows, and we've been across the country, and and I did Saliva as well. So, yeah. So this is my did, first festival. Like, how did that... I mean, how did all that go for you? Oh, awesome. I mean, awesome. are you still on tour with Sing Able? I guess yeah, I just sense? finished. Oh, yeah, okay. I just finished right a couple weeks ago. My last show with him. So, after this, I'm going to take a break for a couple months. Yeah, something like Yeah, yeah like my you. next book will be coming out in August. What's that, what's that one about? It's going to be um, the, ma- the main character in my first book, The, the Love Interest. Yeah. It's actually written, co-written by he and I, and it parallels the first book, but it's written from his perspective. Yeah, oh, wow. so he, he was in prison um, when I was in my addiction, so, you know, he writes about how it was for him, yeah. not knowing what happened to me, <laughs> when I was on drugs and he didn't know. <laughs> but yeah, it'll be that one will probably sell better than my first book. You think? Oh, yes. You know, girls like that shit, you know? Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> the whole well, plus, sex anyone thing. that's got this one, I'm sure, will get that one, because yes. that's, that's a pretty cool concept to, Thank you. to do something. I mean, the... Uh, the parallel type. Right, okay. right, yeah. And, you know, the first book hit number one on Amazon last week. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's it's good. like, I'm really blessed. I'm so blessed. <laughs> you know? Like when you were out, you know, doing the shows with Saliva Saving Able. Yeah. I mean, is that, I mean, obviously that's the crowd you're going for. Right. You're there and out here. I mean, did you meet a lot of people or get good response and stuff? Oh, yes. Yeah. Tons of people. And, you know, recovery is such a big, you know, especially with the heroin epidemic right now. Mm-hmm. People are dying and it's, you know, a lot of people are getting into recovery and meeting so many people that are, you know, staying clean off dope. It's, it's a big deal right now. So it's been awesome. I'm, like I said, I'm blessed. And it's, you know, the book when I wrote it, it was just, I was the first day in my rehab, my counselor's like, you should be journaling, you know, about your experience. And that's how it started. And I started releasing the book on, on um, Facebook, like as a, a blog, one chapter at a time. And at the end of it, I turned it into a book, got it published and 
you know, and because of the, you know, the content, rock shows, it was a unique way to promote the book, you know what I mean? Yeah. Was it, was it hard to open up about all that? You know what? At the end of the day, it was like I would rather be hated for everything that's true than not what's not because so many rumors, especially from a small town where I'm from, people thought I was a hooker. They thought all kinds of horrible things about me. I mean, the truth was pretty equally bad, but you know, at least the truth was out there. And you know what? It was healing for me. I was able to like forgive myself and move on from a lot of the things that I did in an active addiction. So I did some bad shit, you know. I say shit. <laughs> because I did some really terrible things on drugs. I'm, you know, drugs were my number one priority for sure. But I stole from my mother. I lied and I cheated. I did, you know, pretty bad things. So, but I've forgiven myself and moved on. And you know, life is fantastic now. You know, I wouldn't have this life if I hadn't lived that life. You know what I mean? So, are your relationships with everyone that got screwed up? Good now. Yes. Like my mother, you know, all she wants wants is for me to stay clean. Um, my brother died of a heroin overdose in 08. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's um, it's been a long road for her. But, yeah, it's definitely. And I didn't start doing drugs till I was 34, ever. Wow. Wow. I had a career. I didn't drink. I didn't do drugs. I had a great career. I traveled around the world um, doing travel for the entertainment industry. And um, I fell in love with a boy. And um, he shot me up with dope when I was 34. Yeah, and that's what the book is about. And honestly, I was addicted from the very first shot of methamphetamine. It was all downhill. I lost my, my job, my, my home, my child, and six months, all my money. And I was living homeless in my car. And he went to prison, and I was in active addiction for a couple years. Finally got clean by the, the grace of God and my amazing mother. Got me in rehab, and... I've been clean ever since and never relapsed. That's cool. And that's, uh, and that you never relapsed too. That's cool. Never. Yeah. And the statistics say, you know, yeah. with methamphetamine, cause I was an IV user. The first drug I ever did was a shot of methamphetamine. Like I didn't start off like smoking, like pot or anything like that. It was straight to the top. <laughs> right. I know. So stupid. <laughs> I'm such an idiot. Um, but yeah, I've never relapsed. And statistically only 6% of people will make it a year after relapsing nine times. So, yeah, it's um, been the hardest thing I've ever done, for sure. Um, it's still, you know, something I think about all the time. But, you know, now if I relapse, I would be destroying everything, yeah. you know. And there's, it's not a sustainable life. You can't do drugs and manage an addiction and you know, keep your child. And I just got custody of my son back, so that's a that's big great. deal for me. Yeah, for awesome. sure. Awesome. Yeah. Is he clean? Who? The cage? Cage, yeah, um, he is out of prison and he is clean. Uh, yeah, this is a big question. Everybody t messages me like, "What happened to Cage?" Because that's the cliffhanger on the first book. You know, um, he went to prison and I didn't get clean, and um, he cheated on me when we were on drugs. So I walked out of his life and never wrote him a letter. He didn't know if I was alive or dead for two years, but now he's out and he's clean. And we wrote a second book together. We co-wrote it, and um, he's clean. Yeah, he's doing really good. So yeah. you guys are. Are you guys back together? No, no. Okay. My, I don't, um, my being clean is the most important thing to me. And that would probably trigger something. Yes. I, I don't know if it would, but if it, if it's a possibility, it's not something else to screw around with because, um, staying clean for my child and it's more important to me than anything. Yes. But I wish him well, no hard feelings. And my biggest wish is that he stays clean yeah. for sure. For yeah. sure.
he's a good guy, but drugs change you into somebody that you're really not meant to be, you know? Yeah. I think that's true of anybody. Because I'm pretty smart, and if there was a way to manage the addiction, because let's be honest, being high is like, it feels awesome, you know, when you're high anyway, but there's no way. There's no way. Because I tried, and I lost everything quickly, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you hear that from a lot of people thinking that they can, or that they are managing it. Yeah, and I write about that in the book. Okay. Yeah, what, what, am I going to be the first person in the whole history of the world <laughs> right. that is ever going to be able to manage a drug addiction and be able to, like, have a job and, you know, keep everything? No. No. <laughs> Yeah, it just doesn't happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So is it is it hard being out somewhere like this? No. I mean, I don't see drugs anywhere, but I mean, everybody's it, drinking. I haven't seen any it. drugs yeah. at all. But the alcohol, no, because I wasn't a big drinker anyway. But I think that if you're trying to stay clean, it won't matter. Like, I really want it so bad that, I mean, there's nothing that would screw up my life at this point. You know, except for myself. My mom's also here. Oh, okay. <laughs> She's, like, not having it. So, don't, yeah, I'm not really that worried. She's watched me like a hawk. So, just to make sure. But, honestly, everybody's been so supportive. You know what I mean? I don't, I'm not really worried about that at all. Yeah. Was that your mom? That was that yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> She's been following me around the country, making sure. And, you know, that's good for me, you know, because there hasn't even really been a moment. Like, nobody's offered me dope or, you know, everybody knows, you know, even when you're on dope, you want everybody to get off dope. Nobody wants to be on drugs, you know, so they're real proud of me, people that I used to do drugs with. You know, I've come pretty far, so, yeah, it's been good. And, you know, I've noticed uh, it doesn't really seem, or if it is, it's prominent. Maybe it's just not, it, you know, it's, you know, the sex, drugs, rock and roll. Right. Now it's just, uh, it's like Vinnie Paul said on, he said on a podcast once, it's like, everyone just goes back to their bus and plays video games now, you know, and, Absolutely. And it, and it, and it, it definitely needs to be that way. So right. It seems like it's changed a little bit. It has. I mean, honestly, drugs are, I mean, people are dying. Yeah. I mean, right now, the heroin epidemic, epidemic in this country is absolutely heartbreaking. You know, it's it's so sad. And, you know, methamphetamine probably won't kill you, but it'll ruin your life. And, you know, there's no there's no hope in drugs, you know. And honestly, I play video games, too. Everything, so don't touch. <laughs> with my son, that's what I do all day is play video games with him. So, yeah, life's good. Yeah. <laughs> well, you mentioned uh, that they recommended you journal about this, and that's yep. how you started writing. Was this, had you ever thought before that about well, writing a book, or is it just... Never writing a book, but I'm an avid reader since I was little. Um, I read so much, and I always thought I couldn't write a book with an original content. You know, as much as I'd love to, but I've read so many books. But then, you know, now I have this story that I hopefully will help people, you know, that it doesn't matter who you are, drug addiction can happen to anybody. I mean, I was successful. I was, you know, I had everything. I had my own house. I had a child. And I, I was a good person. And one mistake, just one, and it ruined my life. And, you know, the whole judgment with drugs and alcohol. But, like, really, who hasn't been drunk in your life? Yeah. You know, you're lucky if you didn't become a, an alcoholic. Who hasn't tried a drug? A lot of people have, and if you didn't become an addict, you dodged a bullet, right? You know, we all make mistakes. We all screw up. doesn't make you a bad person, period. You know, we all make mistakes, and that's kind of the story is that, you know, anybody it can happen to anybody, and, you know, anybody can get clean because we do recover. You know, people get clean. I did it, so if I can do it, anybody can because I was the, the chick that was living in my car with my dog, banging methamphetamine and selling my soul to get high. So if I can get clean, anybody can get clean. You know what I mean? Yeah. But. <laughs> um, 
I was going to ask, how did you get published? Because you always hear that's extremely hard for a first time. Well, honestly, I had an agent, and um, they got a publisher, and they were going to publish the book. And um, if I'm being honest, they were going to take 80% of the profits of the book. They wanted the movie rights. HBO wanted to option the book. Um, and I decided, because the, the biggest thing, right, is marketing. So I started a Facebook page and built that up myself. And, and, and decided just to publish it myself because, oh, okay. yeah, I didn't want to sell the rights. I didn't, you know, I didn't want to lose control of the story. I didn't want it to turn into something that it wasn't. Yeah. And, and money is not as important to me as the story, making sure that it's, you know, the right story. I don't want it to be spun into something else. And honestly, I didn't want anybody else to control what was going out. It's, it's more important about carrying the message to me than making the money. So I published it myself and, and done it extremely well because Facebook... You know, I'm able to market it to people that would, um, that are specific to addiction. So, you know, it's worked out well for me. And now, you know, I've got, um, HBO still wants to option it and for a TV show. And I'm not real sure which way I'm going to go at this point right now. We're, we're talking to, you know, agents and attorneys again and trying to negotiate, you know, something so that I can contain or retain creative control of, of the book. Yeah. You know, because like I said, it's more important to me that it doesn't get skewed into something that it's not. Yeah, and God knows what they could do to it. Exactly, because the book has a lot of sex in it. <laughs> but that's the truth. You know, on methamphetamine, you lose all your morals. So there was a lot of sex involved in the book. And I don't really, but, but that's not the primary, you know, story. You know, there was a lot of um, sexual abuse when I was younger. And that's in the book. And I just want to make sure that the, that the message is carried that, you know, it's not about just sex. I don't want to turn into something dirty. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. But yeah, good. So you did decide to go with HBO. Would you be interested in writing for, you know, the, the TV script? Yes. The movie script? Like the screenplay part yeah. of it? Yeah. If, if, that, if that was an option at the point, at this point, yes, I would absolutely be interested. As long as I can contain or, you know, retain some creative control, that's yeah. extremely important to me. And I think that's any artist anywhere, that music or... Or, you know, books or anything. That's extremely important to us at this point. I don't I don't want anybody to screw up the message that I'm trying to deliver. You know, that's my life. The book is about my life. So it's important that, you know, that story is what, what carries through. Well, uh, you said you said earlier, you know, you were a big reader and stuff. Who were you, like, so you're off? Stephen King, of course. Uh, I was, yeah. you know, when I was, um, I don't know, 12 years old, I read The Stand for the first time. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm a crazy person. Um, full, oh, like unabridged. A, a over a thousand pages. Yeah. yeah I, my when, girlfriend's got there. Oh, it's a great book. <laughs> yeah. It's one of the best books ever. Um, gosh, Lisa Gardner, Michael Connelly. I like those kinds of books. Um, Stephanie Plum series, like those books. Vampire books. I love anything. I even read shampoo bottle labels. <laughs> like any written word, I'll read. <laughs> I'm very much a nerd. I've always been a nerd. No shame. And that's actually how I made money in the dope game. I wasn't a hooker. Everybody wanted to think I was, but I wasn't a hooker. Even though um, I probably wasn't the best businesswoman. Because I was fucking for free when I could have been like fucking and getting paid, but I wasn't. <laughs> Don't judge. Um, but like electronics, you know, tweakers always love their, you know, stolen laptops phones and shit like that they would bring them to me and i would wipe them and that's how i made money in the dope game that was my hustle yeah <laughs> so being a nerd pays off everywhere hell yes <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah I'm a, I'm a total geek i still am yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm actually stephen king's coming to tulsa in like a couple weeks no way yeah and it's I almost uh, forgot about that yeah 
and he's just, I guess he's just talking, you know, he's, right? he's doing a venue in Tulsa that's like, holds like 1,500 people and it sold out in like two minutes. Oh, I bet. And I, I was lucky enough to get two tickets. So. Oh, I can't, I hope you do an interview or something, or, or <laughs> like broadcast there, yes. <laughs> I'll be, I'll tune in for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, cool. That is. So here's a random question. Have you ever read Mickey Six's Heroin Diaries? Of course. He's my hero. I actually have, I tried to mail my book to him like 20 times at 20 different addresses and they all came back because all the addresses online and I brought it here and like they were over there and I have a picture of the bus and I was waiting for somebody to come out because I was going to throw the package over to them. (laughs) I mean, mean, his book is so raw and so real. I mean, it's, you know, because I've been an addict. So I know when I can call bullshit on some of these stories. Cause I've read some other addiction stories that were like, I don't really think that's how it goes down, honey, but whatever, you know, if you want to make it like sugarcoat it, go for it. But his shit was real, real honest and open. And like, you know, no matter what anybody might think about him, he told the truth. And that's exactly how I wanted to write my book. Yeah. You know, people love me or hate me or whatever, but I told the truth of what happened. Yeah. You know, that was important to me. So yeah, I think he's awesome. Yeah. That's one of my favorite books I've ever read. And I just, but that's, Cool you bring that up because I've always wondered. I'm like, how is he writing stuff in this deep, this much detail if he's that screwed up? Right. And you know, so I always wondered if he embellished stuff or if, nope. if you think it's straight up. Honestly, real. he's probably one of those deep thinking artists that, you know, did really great work when he was high. You know, yeah. like that was when you're real and honest with yourself and maybe a little, you're so fucked up, you're writing things really creatively. You know, it was such an impressive book to read. And I read it before I started my book in rehab. Like I started reading it while I was in rehab. And I was just like, this guy is like, this is amazing. And I'll be honest, I, his music, it wasn't anything that I really followed at all, you know. And But now I'm a huge fan. <laughs> but, yeah, his book is, he's my hero. Like, honestly, I just, oh. So did that help you when you were in rehab reading oh, that yes. book? Oh, yeah, reading, because it's honest, you know. And if he can get clean and he, he's got the money to get high, he's got yeah. all the resources oh, and yeah. the connection, connections, and he's able to find a reason to get clean, then I can. Anybody can, yeah. you know. So, well, that's an amazing story. You know, everything he does now, you know, radio, right. two bands for a while, now one, and just like multimedia. Right. You know. And he, he's great at carrying the message. Actually, he yeah. just posted something like a couple of days ago that I reshared on my page about how, you know, being clean is what's up. You know, like I look forward to every day I wake up and I'm not worried about finding dope. I'm not, you know, like that's your whole day. Your whole life is, you know, consumed by getting high and getting, you know, money to get high. Yeah. You know, and it's awesome. Like, I woke up this morning, and I'm like, I have an interview. I'm so excited, and I can't wait to get out there. And nice. it's just, you know, life is good. Yeah. You know, really impressed. Yeah, so. That's great. That's great. Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, Very good. just speaking of music, like, what were you into growing up? Because I assume you're into hard rock and metal now. Now I am, but growing yeah. up, I, I didn't listen to music. I know. Oh. Honestly, I um, read all the time. I was the family bookworm, and I talk about that in the in the book. But now, as an adult, I love, you know, P.O.D. is one of my favorites, of course. Seven Dust is awesome. Yeah. Um, actually, this festival, anything at the retrospect stage has been fantastic. Yeah. And that's actually how I got here. Um, okay. Sam, who is yeah. the retrospect CEO of Retrospect Records, he was my friend on Facebook while I was on Dope. And he was super supportive, and he's like, you need to get into rehab. And I finally got clean, yeah. and I got clean and wrote the book, and he's like, Hey, if you stay clean, I will let you come out here and have a booth at Rocklahoma to well, promote your book. Yeah, yeah that's, that's why I'm here. It's all retrospect. They've been, he's been amazing. Yeah. You know, supportive of my recovery and all that. So, yeah, I'm really blessed. Yeah, yeah. we had him on Thursday. 
Yeah. He's great. Yeah, he's cool. He's cool. And actually, his band, the bands on that stage, I've, some of, most of them I've never seen before. Um, Salem's Lot. Did you see that? That was the most insane thing ever. It was awesome. Um, Micah was awesome. You know, he's had some really great, um, performers over there. Different things that I've never seen. And Avatar, probably my favorite band ever. Oh, that whole, their whole show. I mean, they're great performers. So, yeah, this whole experience has been fantastic. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. As much as I could. Yeah. As much as I could. I've been, you know, trying to man the booth, of course, you know, it's a lot of work. Yeah. 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 A lot of running back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. My shoe selections have changed since I got here, you know, like there'll be no wedges out here at Rocklahoma. (laughs) (laughs) At least it didn't rain. Everybody was so worried about the weather, right? Yeah. Friday, it was a huge chance. It was great. Honestly, we prayed. We yeah. prayed for good weather, and honestly, yeah. it's been the best weather. It hasn't been too hot or cold. It's been awesome. Yeah. Well, we've been we've been to every single one, all ten of them. There's it's only rained significantly twice, right? You know? So I mean, the odds are good that it's going to be nice. I think. Yeah. It had to be this year. Yeah, today I'm going to wander around the campgrounds because these are the best fans in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, you see all over Facebook, like. Uh, and the guys from Rockcliffe, Oklahoma, yes, Kevin yeah. and Rachel Graham, yeah. awesome, yeah, supportive, also of the book. They came and saw me yesterday. Well, that's right. Yeah, and they yeah. that page has been really helpful for this experience for me, for sure. Yeah, this whole experience great. has been amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. Cool. That's awesome. So have you, uh, have sales been doing stuff out here? Fantastic. Right. It's been more than I ever could have imagined, actually. And, you know, the um, just being able to talk to people and, you know, talking about, you know, recovery. I've met a lot of ton of people from recovery that have been here, and music keeps us clean. Yeah. Because I'll be honest with you, the, the closest feeling to being high is to be in an environment like this, with music show or playing, and the energy of the crowd. Yeah. It's the closest to being high you will ever come. Yeah. And and you know at the end of it, you don't lose your house, you don't lose your job, <laughs> yeah, you get to go home without you know going to prison. It's you know it's been awesome. Yeah. So yeah, music is definitely probably the you know top five things that keep me clean. Rock shows. As much as I can. Yeah. Yeah, hell yes. Keeps us young, too. Right, I know, right? (laughs) It's fun. The family, a rock family, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just like, there's nobody like, there's no people in the world like it. You know, we're all friends. It doesn't matter. There's no drama. I I love rock music. It's freaking awesome. Nothing ever goes on out here, you know, shady. Nothing drama. You're right. Yeah, you can leave all your stuff out. No one's going to do anything. Right? And that's, you know, when um, I was on drugs. Everything I had was stolen. Like two, even my panty collection has been stolen a couple of times. But out here, like I left my cell phone on the on the on yeah. the um my my table for like an hour, and I came back and it was right where I left it. I was like, God, being clean is awesome. Yeah, right. So Rock yeah, music I mean, is awesome. Well, like you just said, everybody you meet out here is totally cool. And right. like the fact the camp we're sitting in. We met them at the first Rock Alone. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's we're good friends with that, you know? That's freaking awesome. Yeah. That's what's up. That's cool. Yeah. Awesome. So do you think you'd ever want to write, you know, fiction or something down yes. the line? Okay. Yes. Um, I like the erotica genre because, like I said, um, the drug addiction kind of turned me into a sex addict. I'm clean. <laughs> I'm clean now, everybody. I've never relapsed on drugs. On sex... I'm working on it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't judge. Um, but yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I love writing. It's changed my life and it's a good way to express myself and it keeps me clean. So for sure, there'll be lots of books coming up. Good. Definitely. Good. Yeah. The, and that's going to be my career from now on. So yeah, yeah that's awesome. It's absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited. Great. Cool.
I think that wraps it up. Awesome. You guys are awesome. So thank you so much for having me on. I was so excited. Thank you for doing it. Awesome. Rock on. Right, Amanda Meredith. There you go. Attic chick. Quite an honor to sit down with her for a little bit. As you can tell in the interview, we did that when we were at Rocklahoma. That was another one of our, yeah, Rocklahoma interviews, uh, which was great. And also got to say, you know, thanks to Sean and Candy for letting us use our camper. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if we did that the last episode. I don't think we did. I think we <laughs> might have in the the review, but we didn't, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, because it would have been hard to do some of these yeah. out there outside. Outside, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, this was uh, this is one of the ones we did at uh, Rocklahoma. She was there uh, by the retrospect stage with a booth promoting her book. And, uh, you know, we couldn't have been happier to get her on the show. So uh, I think it turned out really well. Yeah. And also a thanks to Denise, who's working with Retrospect Records. She kind of made the connection with us about a month or so before Rocklahoma and let me know about her book and her and looked into it. And we thought, yeah, this would be oh, something yeah, great to have on because it fits the the vein of what we're doing with hard rock and metal. But it's also, like you said, something different than the norm, yeah. which we're happy to bring. And it's always cool to bring try to turn anybody else on to stuff like this hey everybody likes to read you know it's yeah something and you know it was probably the one i was looking forward to the most because it was going to be different and i had i wasn't kind of sure how it'd go so it was great yeah yeah and the other thing was like i i had the book there and when we were doing the interview you know and talking to her you know it might have been a total of 30 40 minutes through the whole thing mm-hmm. and then we come back and did something else and i came back and maggie had already finished the book she read it in like an hour and a half. That's insane. While we were out there. And she, and she had like, Amanda <laughs> sign it. Yeah. <laughs> Which was my book, by the way. I, well, I know. I know. But Amanda told me she would send me a new one. There so you go. Big kudos to her. <laughs> <laughs> well, like we said, thank you to her a million times over. And we hope that you got something out of that, even if it was just enjoyment of listening to an awesome woman talk to me and Jason. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That didn't happen all the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, speaking of Rocklahoma, like we said, we've also got an episode coming up with The Devil You Adore. That's right. We had almost the entire band there. We've got one coming up with Devin Micah, which is another person that was pretty transparent. Yeah. You know, she didn't have anything dark past or anything, but she's got a great story, you know, young woman, you know, that's really making strides into rock and roll. So she's got a lot of cool stuff to say. And then, of course, we had Sam McCaslin from Retrospect Records which is going to be a good one coming up here soon as well. That's right. And we've got, like we always say, we've got other stuff in the works that we don't want to jinx, so we'll just tell you when it happens. That's right. (laughs) TheThunderUnderground.com. We've got 67 other episodes. Like we talked about Rocklahoma, we had a review, a preview recently. We had one with 3D in your face from out there. You know, prior to that, we had guys from Drowning Pool and Sons of Texas and Uh, Caroline Spine, Crowbar, Warrant, Europe. Battlecross, Inside. COC. COC. Uh, we had Eddie well, Trunk. Hold on. Stop right there. Oh, yeah. We had Eddie Trunk. Yeah. That's big time, right? Yeah, the street's gone wild. We got him for like 10 minutes. And I cut you off when he said ahead. COC because, hey, we got to throw a shout out to Reed Mullen. Yeah, yeah. Who was on our podcast about a month ago. And that was, as we talked on there, was a huge honor oh, to man. us because we've been diehard fans of that band since we were teenagers. And... He recently was hospitalized and is out of the band for the moment. Yeah. And, you know, while he's getting getting treatment and getting better. And, you know, so we just, of course, wish him luck and 
what's the right word? Speedy recovery. That's right. Well wishes and all that stuff. And, you know, he's, if you see COC's post about it, it was Mike Dean. It was a little straight in your face and straightforward, tough love kind of thing. But these are, they're like brothers, you know, they, they're the two guys that started the band. Yeah. This is the stuff that happened 30 years ago. Yeah. So I imagine that if he gets his, his stuff taken care of, he'll be back. Oh yeah. And I mean, uh, you know, like we said, just send good vibes. I mean, he was he was absolutely nothing but gracious to us. Yeah, uh, you know, made us feel like, uh, you know, he, like he wanted to talk to us. Yeah, it's absolutely uh, one of my favorite ones. We've oh done. yeah, I mean, it was just a complete honor. So definitely wish him a speedy recovery. Yes, and where were we going with that? We were just rattling off names. Go yeah. look it up. That, SoundCloud as we always by, do. <laughs> SoundCloud.com backslash Thunder Dash Underground. All those episodes are on there. They're also on the website. We've got a Facebook page, of course. Just type in Thunder Underground, you'll find us. We're on YouTube and Instagram, at The Thunder Underground. We're on Periscope, Thunder Underground. Twitter, T-H-N-D-R-U-N-D-R Ground. And that covers it. I think so. Yeah. I think we're out. We're out? All right. Well, until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all. Thunder Underground, y'all.